Hey, before we begin, I want to let you know about a new show from Curious Cast that I think you might be into. It's called Russia Rising. Putin's Russia has been accused of using internet trolls, hackers, and even assassins to influence the West. This new investigative podcast hopes to unravel the giant mystery that is Russia with the help of those who know her best. Russian trolls, hackers, Putin supporters, and even a former KGB spy. Join Global News Europe Bureau Chief Jeff Semple on a journey to find out how Russia has gone from tenuous ally to a potential global threat. Listen to Russia Rising for free at CuriousCast.ca or wherever you're enjoying This Is Why. We made it through another day. We made it through another day. Do you want to know what's in this glass? Hope. We need to talk about how mommy drinking culture is normalizing alcohol abuse amongst women. Women are shamed for drinking often. They can be shamed for not drinking. And shame is also the root of of a lot of reasons why women will have unhealthy relationships with alcohol. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why. Mommy drinking culture. It's on TV, it's on social media, it's in memes, it's everywhere. Uh, Moms Who Drink and Swear has 1 million likes on Facebook, and uh, Mommy Needs Vodka has 3.5 million likes on Facebook. I'm going to have my two glasses a night. That's and if fine. I'm doing a craft project, I'm going to have a bottle a night. That's a gen bottle. In this episode, we're going to look at mommy drinking culture and the alcohol habits of women. But experts say it's not sexist to look at drinking this way. It's just science. Since 2001, the rate for women dying from alcohol-related illnesses jumped 26%, just 5% for men. It's not sexist, it's science. My name's Loren McNabb, and I'm one of the co-hosts of The Morning Show on 680 CJOB in Winnipeg. Loren is the force behind a series called Uncorked. Together with her team, they're exploring alcohol use in middle, urban-class society in a way that we don't normally think of it. Yeah, you know, this kind of all came from a really honest place. I, After Christmas, and I'm sure I can connect with a lot of people on this, was sort of just feeling like, yeah, I think I not only need to just stop eating so much, but maybe just dial back a bit on my own alcohol consumption. And I decided to do the dry January, wait, as right. from booze for the month. Me too. I Me will too. be honest, I did 24 days, Nikki, so I didn't even get to the month. And, and that was just because things were coming up in my life, you know, with different events and all the rest. But it's so funny. Once you stop doing something, how much you see it out there. I've got all sorts of different Facebook groups I follow. I've uh, lots of girlfriends that I'm connected with. And once I sort of took my look away from alcohol, I couldn't get over all these memes that were popping up in my social media feed. So, uh, you've perhaps seen them before. Uh, it's a mom hugging her child and it says, you're why mommy needs to drink or, the wine box is a mom's version of the juice box and they would just be pretty regularly and consistently showing up in my social media feed and then I even noticed things like videos you know a video of a woman exercising on her treadmill or lifting up a dumbbell and she had taped to the treadmill or taped to the barbell a bottle of wine right it's supposed to be a joke like even while I exercise this is how stressful my day is that I want to have a a sip of wine every few seconds and so it was through all that that I started to think like 
are we doing this because it's funny or maybe there's an issue out there that we might want to talk about? Yeah, you know, that's really interesting because you see this kind of stuff on social media all the time. And obviously, you know, it is meant as a joke, but we underestimate, I think, how much booze exists in mom culture specifically. I've been a big fan of this comedic duo out of the States and they're behind the hashtag mom so hard. And so they'll talk about all sorts of things like they grocery shop so hard. Man, what they need is a crossing guard in Trader Joe's, you know, like somebody running traffic in there. Yeah. Like, ma'am, you can go over and get your frozen meatballs. Then I need. They did a a hilarious episode where they tried on all these different different bathing suits and you're laughing. I do not feel confident in a swimming suit at all, but I'm not going to let that get in the way of me building a moat. Do you feel like that the whole time you've got it on? Not after I have a couple cocktails. And so they were they were laughing and drinking while they were trying on their swimsuits. And they certainly don't drink in all of their segments. A lot of it's very honest and funny conversations and I, I totally related to them, but they do often have this glass of wine and it's you start to think about, well, is that normal or is it okay to have that one glass or do we need to take a look at like how often are we consuming this alcohol, particularly in the vein of, oh man, I had a really hard day or these kids are driving me crazy. It's time for my glass or, you know, it's wine o'clock and it becomes your way of is it, is it your coping mechanism or is it your, just your social mechanism? Yeah, and so often when we talk about alcoholism, we associate it with men more commonly. But we don't always associate it with women, although the statistics show that alcoholism is something that women struggle with. Yeah, and it's become a really big thing for health professionals. Uh, even, you know, the chief public health officer of Canada sounded the alarm last year saying, Women are catching up. And this is really a worrying sign. There's an increase in the rate of heavy drinking among women. We are seeing a huge rise in women drinking. And as a result, we're seeing a whole host of problems associated with that. I will be the first to admit I like my glass of wine. And I do have two young boys. So I am the mom who has said, you know, I need like I want that glass of wine. My day was hard or or those kinds of things. And I've laughed at all of this kind of stuff. And then when you start looking at the numbers, you see, okay, well, women are drinking more for a couple of reasons. A hundred years ago, we couldn't right? the temperance movement. I mean, men were drinking, but women certainly weren't. Give me a big foot and a bottle of beer. And then that changed, and we were slowly allowed into bars and all the rest, and so it's been an evolution. The reason why we're drinking more might be because of stress, but it's also because we're being we're, we're more equal partners in this game, right? It's not just the madman culture of guys in the boardroom, it's women too. And so that's an equalizer, and when I was talking to addictions experts and, and this woman in Manitoba who puts on this sort of um, women and substance abuse course, which includes an entire section on wine moms, she was saying, that's great. Like, you know, it, it is an equal thing. We're at an equal playing field. Women should feel like they can do the things that men can do. What isn't equal is how our bodies treat alcohol. And so it's not really a gender equalizer if the female species has, has a harder time metabolizing it, um, absorbing it. And that is where the root of the problem becomes. It's something that we make light of a lot, but there's actually some really serious health side effects associated with drinking. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, Kathleen Keating-Taves is the course instructor that I sort of hung out with for a day watching her talk to different people in the room about the issues. And both her and her colleague, whose name is Dr. Sherry Fandry, just have crunched the numbers on this and are really trying to drive home the message that we were talking about the idea that, okay, 
alcohol is a gender equalizer. Now men and women are starting to drink the same way. But what's happening to women is that we don't have as many enzymes as men. So we can't break down alcohol the same way. And that means alcohol, first of all, sits in our system longer. So there's a real science behind this. So that was the biggest... Like, I want to be clear if anyone's listening. Like one of my first things was, so what? Like now you're going to pick on me for having this glass of wine. <laughs> and we're, you know, why aren't we getting mad at the men who've been drinking for decades and parenting for decades, right? Um, with their six pack of beer or their glass of scotch after work. And are we talking to them? And one of their answers was, well, yeah, part of the problem is that they've been focusing on men for decades and all the literature around alcohol really is focused on men because they were the first to really drink and start to have problems with drink. Now you have more women drinking and her big message was don't get mad. We're not vilifying women. It's not sexist. It's science. Loren spoke to Kathleen, the course instructor that she mentioned earlier, on her radio show in Winnipeg about exactly that. It's not sexist, it's science. I asked you that question when I was in this right? course, Jeff. Is that, is, that, is that what liberation has Well, that's become? what I said. I said, come on. Sorry, men have been drinking for decades. You got, you, you've been, we've been glorifying alcohol for men in the TV series Mad Men. The Dos Equis guy gets to sit there looking all handsome and, and alcohol is supposed to be good for us. So part of me said to Kathleen after I met her, you know what? Sorry. I want to be able to drink like a man. And I guess the answer is I can't. Well, you, if that's can. your choice, so, where, you Where's the liberation in, in being able to behave like a swine? Well, the liberation <laughs> is that I want to be able to do, I don't want to be judged for doing the same thing a man. Uh, but why would you want to? Because, uh, because Why would I, you want to do the same thing? I want to have the choice, but the, the science is what the, is the difference. Yeah, it's it's not sexist. It's right. science that we say. And who could blame women for wanting to do the same things that men can do? No, no one can blame someone for wanting that or at least, you know, feeling like you're empowered to do that. However, I, I think here the real conversation is, is if we're looking at substances to be a gender equalizer, we want to we want to really be exploring that because Women cannot metabolize alcohol or a lot of other substances in the same way that men can. Um, we transition from casual use into dependency at a much more expedited rate than our male counterparts will. We experience adverse health consequences as a result of substances much more than men do. So if we're looking at it as a gender equalizer, it's, it's just not. Coming up later in this episode. She said, if you have just two drinks a day, you're doubling your chance of not just getting breast cancer before you're 70, but dying. So the risk is just massive just with those two drinks per day. You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast from Global News. Download and subscribe online now. I'm sure that you've seen on your Facebook or your Instagram feed those little memes, pictures of a mom with a funny little phrase like, I can't wait for the day that I can drink with my kids instead of because of them. Or the most expensive part about having kids is all the wine that you have to drink. I mean, it's no surprise that a lot of women enjoy a glass of wine and a lot of moms can relate to the stress of having kids. But is this mommy drinking culture that we see on social media trivializing something that actually poses a real danger to women? 
Loren McNabb is a radio show host at CJOB in Winnipeg. She's part of a team that wanted to explore this topic further. And she spoke to an expert who said, we can't look at men and women the same when it comes to alcohol consumption. Our bodies are just different. It's not sexist, it's science. And the science is that we don't break it down. We have a lower body fat to water ratio. So we keep alcohol in our system longer. And so that leads to, you know, an increased risk of stroke compared to men, increased risk of certain heart problems. Um, we can have a more proclivity to say de- depression. And they even think that there's research to show that they believe women can become addicted more quickly as a result. And so the addictions issues could rise there as well. And then one of the biggest things that stood out for me was the statistic on breast cancer. Dr. Sherry Fandry explained just how bad it could be. As few as two drinks per day for a woman can double the likelihood that she will die before the age of 70 of breast cancer. Not just doubling her risk of breast cancer, but doubling the likelihood that it's to be would be fatal before age 70, that she will die early because of breast cancer. So again, there, there are very real, um, measurable risks that we are largely unaware of. The risk is just massive just with those two drinks per day. So as you said earlier, you're a mom who likes to have a glass of wine here, there, whenever. What was your biggest takeaway from doing this series and gaining all the knowledge that you gained through doing it? I've been a journalist for almost 20 years, so I've certainly covered my share of stories of, you know, what alcohol can and can't do for the body. And you have that whole line out there. It's good for my heart if I only have the one glass or red wine is healthy for you or or all those kinds of things. And I have poured my glass of red wine and thought, oh, getting my heart medication today, (laughs) right? You joke to yourself. And then when she broke down the science behind it, not sexist, it's science. I just didn't pay attention to that enough. And so I'm starting to think now, okay, have I already put myself at greater risk based on my habits, perhaps when I was younger or, you know, things that I've gone through in recent years that are putting me at risk for some of these diseases. So the, the health scare behind it is one thing, but then the other one was the social media and bringing it back to the way we're now talking about wine and the thing that I still can't stop thinking about that they said, there's this video that they showed that I talked about, um, the group behind Moms So Hard, the two moms that talk about parenting really honestly. And yeah, sometimes they have a glass of wine. They played that video in this class of healthcare professionals and social workers. And they're like, I laugh so hard at these videos because I can relate to them. And then Kathleen Keating Taves said this to the class. So let's take that image and let's change the backdrop. So if you get, um, a core area, a housing project, switch up the kind of alcohol, maybe they're drinking beer, drinking hard stuff, and you have a video of these women getting real about some of their struggles. Are we judgmental about that group compared with the suburban women who are in a nice home drinking wine? And why is that? Would we judge them? And I think the answer for many might be yes, you might. You might decide it's okay based on what you think a good mom is. And then when you change a few of the dynamics, is it as funny? Would you laugh as hard at that if it was just somebody in a different setting? And I, and I, it's a super honest question, and I'm not sure. I'd like to say no, but I think for a lot of us, the answer might be yes. Well, shame is such a big part of this conversation when it comes to looking at, at substances. This is Kathleen again. Women are shamed 
for drinking often. They can be shamed for not drinking. And shame is also the root of, of a lot of reasons why women will have unhealthy relationships with alcohol. Sometimes we find that women who are living in poverty are particularly stigmatized for their relationships with, with substances. And it's an important question to just throw out there. So if we have women drinking wine and they are of a higher socioeconomic status, why are they perhaps less judged than uh, women who are maybe, you know, just around that poverty line? Now, you've heard Loren mention that she also spoke with Dr. Sherry Fandry, and Dr. Fandry answered a very simple, very blunt question. Why are we picking on women? Because we care. Um, Because in large part, the wine mum phenomenon is a marketing ploy. And all of the cute memes that you find on social media largely originated with the alcohol industry. Women are being played and they're being played in a very cynical way by the alcohol industry, and I think they deserve to know that. I am by no means saying that women shouldn't enjoy alcohol on occasion, use it as a celebration, use it as a way of connecting socially. For the most part, that doesn't pose a lot of risk. We should understand, though, where the risk is and arm ourselves so that we can better interpret some of this marketing that is being directed against us and is exploiting women. Really, it's all about making more money for the alcohol industry. That's what the wine mom phenomenon really is about. And I think in a, a lot of important ways, it degrades women. It's not a positive reflection of women. If you need alcohol to numb you in order to be a mother, I don't think that's a really positive message to be sending. And I especially don't think it's a very positive message to be sending to our kids. You know, mommy, do you have to drink in order to be my mom? Isn't really, I mean, that's a natural extension of the wine mom message. And I don't think that's the message that we want to be sending to our kids. So yeah, have have marketing that shows that alcohol can be an enjoyable part of our social lives. That's fine. But add some responsibility. It's a concern because when we look at the costs that substances have on our Canadian society, this is actually something that's studied on a regular basis. The most recent study was released last year, indicated that overall Canada spends $38 billion related to substances every year. And you think, oh my gosh, we've got this opioid crisis, we've got a meth crisis. No, 70% of the cost to our Canadian society is alcohol and tobacco. Alcohol recently overtook tobacco as the most costly, most harmful substance that we have in Canada. Almost $15 billion a year alcohol costs us in terms of lost productivity, health-related costs, um, justice-related costs, other direct costs. And in fact, people are more likely to be hospitalized for alcohol-related problems than they are for a heart attack in Canada. So. The issue for for health professionals, for other um, service providers, is that this is harmfulness that is largely invisible to most Canadians. We have a long history of using alcohol. We have a long history of enjoying it. 80% of Canadians over the age of 15 drink, at least occasionally. The vast majority of them drink in moderation and drink responsibly for the most part. 
Because of that, I think we don't pay attention to the necessary assessment of risk. What is our personal risk? According to the stats released by the Canadian Institute for Health Information last year, the rate of women who died from causes linked to alcohol climbed by 26%. That's compared to just 5% for men between 2001 and 2016. An obviously worrisome trend. If you think you need help with an addiction or you know someone who does... Call your provincial health services by dialing 811 or by visiting the health services page at canada.ca. This is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. It's a national radio show and a podcast, so you can download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And you can also hear us online at CuriousCast.ca. Give us a rating and a review. Tell your friends about the show as well. Pass on the good word. We're on Twitter at This Is Why, and you can email us at This Is Why at CuriousCast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. 